you as well. But we're glad that all of you would be uh, would choose to be with us tonight. I'm going to make just a few announcements and then move out of the way quickly so Pastor can come. But we do have some very important announcements. Please give us your attention. Uh, the first thing is uh, on Wednesday, the 20th, we will have a missionary with us in um, our midweek service, Brother Steve Smith, who is a missionary to uh, the Caribbean and Guyana. And he will be with us that night. So please keep that in mind. Also, for those of you that are planning to give to Mother's Memorial and you have not yet done so, uh, the deadline is approaching. Uh, your last opportunity to do that will be Sunday, July 17th. And everybody say, I'm ready. Everybody say, I'm ready for spaghetti. There you go. We have uh, moved the mission, our first uh, real um, uh, effort at, a, at something for, well, we've had things going on. That's not true. We've had things going on in, the, in Grand Central for quite a while now. But move the mission spaghetti dinner will be uh, Saturday, July 30th. And that dinner will include uh, chicken spaghetti, green beans, roll, and some peach cobbler. The price is $8, and all of the proceeds to that, of course, will go to Move the Mission. Now, there will be a pickup time from 11 to 1 on Saturday, and there will also be pre-orders uh, that will begin this coming Sunday. So this coming Sunday, there will be pre-orders. There will definitely be a form in uh, Grand Central where you can sign up if you would like to pre-order. We may do something online as well, so be looking for that. But pre-orders for the spaghetti dinner on the 30th will begin this coming Sunday. So God bless you this evening as pastor comes. Thank you, Brother Jason. Great to see everyone here tonight as always. Uh, so very glad you're here and uh, always appreciate Grace Church showing up on Wednesday night uh, for some Bible study. And uh, in addition to that, there's always amazing fellowship before church and after church it even gets more amazing after church when you have fellowship that includes somewhere to go eat on your way home so that makes it even better which is our plan tonight as far as I know so uh, we might be a little shorter tonight we'll see I'm kidding um, but uh, truly it is great to see you and I am so very thankful for the just amazing just beautiful manifestation of God's presence that we're experiencing here uh, particularly on Sunday and uh, so thankful for what God is doing here at Grace Church uh, the past two Sundays we've celebrated God literally performing miracles of healing uh, in the lives of people and uh, we're so very thankful um, it's, I'm real excited uh, the, you can feel the excitement in the air you can feel the, the somebody call it a buzz this past Sunday night, we had our Connect Group uh, leadership meeting, and uh, we had 29 adults in attendance for that, and I just was just absolutely overwhelmed and just just left ecstatic and, and just very thankful uh, for the group that showed up and just the atmosphere. You could just feel a lot of excitement, and uh, my heart is full of expectancy and anticipation for what God is going to do in our connect groups and uh, that will be launching uh, mid-August and um, <clears throat> as brother Jason announced we're having a missionary this coming Wednesday night a week from tonight and we're so excited about that and uh, people ask periodically do we have missionaries anymore we do we schedule them 
but because of uh, the, the global missions offering that they receive every year at the general conference, it goes to missionaries that, that they select in certain criteria and so on, but it just takes them completely off of deputation and sends them right back to their country. And uh, the last two or three that we've scheduled here, that happened to. And uh, I told our foreign missions director, we still need to get credit. We, we scheduled them and we were here waiting on them and they're the ones that didn't show up. So, uh, and they said, no worries, don't worry about it. But uh, so, so far we're planning to have a foreign missionary this coming Wednesday night, a week from tonight. I'm saying all that to say that um, I want to make an effort to teach some Bible study uh, that's going to lead into our our connect groups and um, uh, what comes next with our connect group so you'll know and perhaps we can mention this Sunday is now that we have our connect group leaders uh, and, and know what direction most of them want to go in and so on for connect groups our next step is we will be announcing that we're going to have a connect group fair uh, we'll probably be after church on a Sunday morning. We'll serve you a little snacky thing, some treats and what have you. Uh, but we'd like for all the church to plan after the altar service of that Sunday morning to go to the A Center. And uh, we'll have tables set up for all of our Connect Group leaders. You can browse through and uh, get the information on that Connect Group. And we'd like for you to consider becoming a part of a Connect Group. And uh, it'll run for 10 weeks. The semester will be 10 weeks. And the frequency will determine be determined by the connect group leader if they do it every week every other week once a month what have you uh, be determined by that group and uh, but it'll only run for 10 weeks and uh, so we're real excited about it we won't start reaching outside people uh, people that are unchurched and what have you that's what's driving this pretty huge but it's also going to be a tremendous blessing for grace church as well so i want to teach a bible study tonight i want to uh, have all of this segue into our connect groups and I want to begin tonight and my, my Bible study title tonight is understanding who you are um, and I, I know in times past we've, we've taught a lot in this vein but again keep in mind the motivation behind this is for our connect groups so um, my Bible study title tonight is understanding who you are uh, need a back screen if we can um, I'm going to do a, a hashtag tonight, and I want to have a little bit of fun with this just for a moment. Understanding who you are, hashtag, you're the perfect gift. If someone's close to you, turn around and tell them, I am the perfect gift. Now, my question here tonight is, do you believe that? Uh, I remember... Uh, when I, especially when I was a teenager and, uh, you know, scoping out the lady folks and all that along with all my other friends, uh, there would always be this one guy that we would say, we would observe from him that he thought he was God's gift to women. Has anybody ever heard that? Y'all familiar with that? Uh, thank you, media booth, thank you. Uh, I don't mean it that way. Even though some of our spouses may want to look at each other and rewind the tape and say, hey, I married you for a reason. I'm not going to get into that tonight. Maybe the reason's over. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, you have to come up with another reason. Uh, 
Anyway, just thought I'd have a little bit of fun with this. But seriously, for the reason I intend tonight for our Bible study, understanding who you are, hashtag, you're the perfect gift. We all have something that we can contribute to the kingdom of God. We hear that all the time, but we do. So when it comes to our connect groups, don't feel like you can't be a part because. Uh, there's going to be room in every, there's going to be, we, we, we're going to have enough connect group dynamics. There's, there's going to be a connect group for you to participate in. Um, we actually have one this, I think, uh, for the semester, they're going to have three meetings. It'll be once a month. And uh, surely you can, you can have time for something like that. It's going to be an absolute blast uh, for those that participate in it. But most of us have learned in Bible study that the Bible teaches us mainly about two things. We're going to zoom way out on the Bible. The Bible teaches us mainly about two things. The first thing the Bible teaches us about is our relationship with God. And the second thing the Bible teaches us is our relationship with one another. And in the kingdom of God, there are no losers. There are no misfits. God considers everyone in the kingdom that perfect gift in the kingdom. And I believe that tonight with all of my heart. Every book in the Bible deals with these two relationships. Almost everything I talk about from this pulpit either concerns our relationship with God, and that's a great thing to talk about, and it also has to do with our relationship with others. We talk about that often and frequently here at Grace Church. So tonight we're going to address relationships that deal with the husband, the wife, friends, family, communication, but it all begins with understanding who you are. You have to understand who you are. You have to understand yourself. The first key to understanding yourself is to understand who you are, where you come from, where you're going, and what your purpose is. I love the statement that Mark Twain uh, said one time, the two most important days of your life is the day that you were born and the second most important day that in your life is when you understand why. Uh, so before you can be successful in any relationship, I especially teach this in pre-marriage counseling when I have the opportunity to do it, but before you can be successful in any relationship, you must be able to understand yourself. Before you can be successful in your relationship with God, you have to be able to understand yourself. That is mentally, emotionally, spiritually, etc. Now watch this. Here's our scripture setting for tonight. James chapter 1 verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, no shadow of, term, of turning. Of his own will, of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits and his creatures, of his creatures. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Verse 18, of his own, the Bible said, of his own will, God begat us in the word of truth. The writer of this scripture setting is James, is Jesus' half-brother. Very quickly in his writing, he, he begins to talk about who we are. This is in James chapter 1. You don't go far into the book until you uh, come across this, this, these verses. He begins by stating, every perfect gift is from above 
from God, the one who created light, and from the one who can never change, one translation said. James is is setting up his next statement in this verse. In the very next verse, James said that God brought us to life by his word, and we became his most precious possession. You weren't purchased by Christ for cheap. We matter to God. Everyone does. Everybody here tonight matters to God. Everyone here tonight has value. No matter how you perceive yourself, no matter how your family perceives you, no matter how your spouse perceives you, everybody has value in your relationship with God, and we need to put that first and foremost in our life. So in two verses, James tells you who you are and where you came from. You're a child of God, and you were begat by the Word of God. The challenge for all of us here tonight is when we don't see it, or we see it, but don't believe it. God brought you into this world. I heard a comedian say one time, his dad told him one time, I brought you into this world, son, and I can take you out. Uh, we don't ever go that far, do we? I hope we don't. But God brought us into the world. He willed it. He ordained it. He, he put all of that in motion. It doesn't matter what the earthly circumstances of your birth were. You were not a mistake. I'm glad our young people are in here tonight. And I certainly hope all of you are listening intently to this presentation. You were not a mistake. You were not an accident. I, I hear parents joke about that. They have that one last child and wasn't planned. You know, it was a mistake. It was an accident, whatever. But that may have been what you intended. But God knew that baby was going to be born long even before you did. And uh, he put you here. He put you right here. He put you right here for a purpose. God brought you into this world. That's where you came from. The Bible said that you are a perfect gift from above. Now, there might be people here tonight that looks at the person next to you and goes, not that one. That's not for you to judge. Why people are here or not, what God is doing with people's lives or not, is never for us to judge. As far as God is concerned, he didn't make a mistake, and he has a purpose for everybody. Now, if you're here tonight and you don't want to fulfill the purpose of God in your life, then it doesn't mean you're a mistake. You just failed at God's purpose for you. Or you're failing at God's purpose for you. But the Bible said that you were a perfect gift from above. That cannot change. There's no variableness or shadow of turning about that. You are a prized possession of God, the church. You and I are the apple of his eye. That's who you are today. Somebody say, I know who I am. I hope we all remember that when we leave here tonight. Then James goes on to say that that's not good enough to hear who we are, but we must become who we were born to be. In James 1.22 he said, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer, hearer of the word, and not a doer, he's like unto a man, beholding his natural face in a glass or a mirror, he beholdeth himself, goes his way, and then forgets what manner of man he was. 
But whosoever looks into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he is, he is, uh, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, that man shall be blessed in his deed. So there's a lot to absorb in these four verses, but James makes it easy for us to understand that he compares us looking at ourselves in the mirror. How many of you like to look at yourself in the mirror? Don't raise your hand. How many of you have discovered by a show of hands that mirrors do not lie? There's others here tonight. Maybe we should have a, a class. Because nobody, you're not raising your hand. So if you think the mirror's lying, maybe it's not. Um, Mirrors don't lie. They tell the truth every single time they tell the truth. And I'll, I'll confess to you tonight that I liked the mirror a whole lot more when I was 18 years old than I do now. I can promise you that. And I, I remember looking in the mirror pretty often back in those days. I combed my hair, shaved, brushed my teeth, tied my necktie, and then I just stepped back and admire. What a beautiful sight. I'm just kidding. But I would walk away sometimes and then come back five minutes later just to make sure everything was still just right, like the mirror deceived me the first time I looked at it. And you're laughing, but you know exactly what I'm talking about, and some of you go back to the mirror more than enough or necessary before you leave the house. There may be another exception to that, uh, here tonight there may be one or two exceptions here that there might be a person or two here tonight that might want to spend a little more time in front of the mirror but we're not going to go down that path tonight I'm, I'm just throwing that out there just saying so uh, but some of us like to go back and check and in case we didn't forget what we looked like 10 minutes earlier that is exactly James's point for if any man be a hearer of the word of God and not a doer he is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass or mirror, for he beholdeth himself and goes his way and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. The reason that some of us struggle so much in our relationships with God and even with one another is because we forget who we are. And that is a true statement. We forget who we are. I can preach to you, and I've, I've said this several times to several people this, in, in the past several months, but I can preach to you about being the prize of God's possession until I'm blue in the face. You can hear me and agree with me all service long, but if you forget that when you walk out the door, you'll struggle until the next time you hear it again. If you struggle with that between now and next Sunday, the enemy starts messing with you, and things are not going to really do you any good. James said some of us are like that person who constantly has to look in the mirror to make sure they're good enough, to make sure they'll fit in, to make sure they're accepted, to make sure they're qualified. And this is what the essence of what I'm teaching here tonight is you were chosen of God to be here whether you believe that or not. This isn't a coincidence. You say, well, my wife brought me here. My family brought me here. I don't care how you got here. God ordained for that to work out. 
And I can promise you here tonight there's hundreds more out there that should be here that just don't want to manifest the, the will of God in their life right now. But some of us have forgotten what we look like. We have forgotten who our true Father is. And let me remind everybody here tonight, you cannot compare your earthly father to your heavenly father. I have several people, I've worked with several people that has done that. If you want me to look at God like I look at my earthly father, that's not going to happen. We have to understand that God is nothing like any daddy here on this planet. He far exceeds any dad on this planet. Some of us don't remember where we come from. It's time for somebody to go beyond the hearing and to start believing that I belong in the kingdom of God. I have a right to be here. I have a right to participate. I have a right to be a part of it. It's time for somebody to start becoming who God intends for you to be. James said, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, the word of God, and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. James said, don't look in the mirror anymore to determine who you are, but start looking in the Word of God to determine who you are. Take it to the next level. Don't just listen to the preacher, but believe him, and then put into action what you hear from the Word of God. You are the apple of God's eye. You are the crown of his creation. You're not an accident. God doesn't make mistakes. You're a perfect gift from God. And listen to pastor tonight. As long as you've repented, filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name, the devil has no power over you. The enemy can't mess with you unless you let him. So since you're a perfect gift from God, it's important to understand that you're unique. God doesn't rubber stamp everybody that's born again into the kingdom. Every person is different. Every person has something unique to bring to the table in the kingdom of God. There isn't anyone else like you on this planet. David said in Psalm 139, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee. When I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. What an amazing statement. And that statement did not just apply to David. It applies to every one of us here tonight. I hope everyone is hearing me tonight. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. God knows every part of you. Everything about you was recorded while you were in the womb. Not only are you unique in creation, you're unique in purpose. You are unique. There is, God has a purpose for your life. We have to understand this. Nobody can take your place because you're unique. Nobody can talk like you. Nobody can sing like you because you're unique. Isaiah said in Isaiah 43, I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth, even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. 
The Bible teaches that every person born on this planet was born for God's purpose and for the glory of God. Now, whether we do that or not is our choice. But if you're willing to submit to the purpose of God in your life, whatever it is, and and please don't weigh this out to say, well, I can't do this and I can't do this and I can't be up here and do all that. Everybody's not going to do that. But I will tell you this. Nobody else will do what you can do like you can do it. You were created for the glory of God. God's glory is the beauty and power of His Spirit. When we were created to show God's glory, His beauty, His power to all the earth, that is your purpose. We are earthly vessels that contain His glory. We reveal His glory to this world through our unique abilities, through our unique characteristics that were given from God. In other words, I can't sing like Sister Murphy. I don't have to tell anybody that. If you hear her sing and hear me sing, you can come to your own conclusion pretty quickly. I remember being so proud when we first married that she would sing in the choir and sing solos and sing and bring the house down. And, and then when we exited the choir, she came and sat by me. That was my wife up there just doing that. And I was very proud of that, still am. But that's her way. That's what God blessed her with. She reveals God's glory through song, the beauty of music. And there's others here that do the same thing. But she is unique in that way. But I reveal the glory of God through the spoken and preached and taught word of God. That's my purpose. And I realize that and I understand that. There are many ways that each one of us can show God's glory to this world. I hope you understand this going into the launching of our connect groups. That folks, we have an awesome opportunity to do more good in our church, in our area, in our communities than we've ever done before. So there's many ways that you can show that each one of us can show God's glory to this world. A, number one is our love for one another. Number two is compassion, being compassionate towards people. Number three is humility. And number four is servanthood. Just be willing to serve in, in humility and compassion and loving one another. If you can do that, you're fulfilling God's purpose. That's the doorway. That's the gateway into fulfilling God's purpose in your life. You want to be hard-headed and stubborn and toad an attitude and grudge and hate and, and condemn and all that, that's your business. But if you want to manifest the glory of God, you do it by beginning to have a love for one another, be compassionate, to be, hum to be humble, and to be a servant. You say, well, I've prayed for God to humble me. Don't ever pray that again. Because when he does, he goes all the way. And for most, it's not a very fun classroom to attend. The Bible said to humble yourself. You do it yourself is the best way to do it. Another Bible study for another time. Another way that we can show God's glory in our, is through our testimony. I want everybody to understand that your personality is unique. Yes, it is. Everybody here tonight has a unique personality. Um, uh, we counted one time. At, at one time, I think we had like seven or eight pairs of twins that attended this church. And in one or two cases, it, it wasn't one twin was here, but they had a twin sibling somewhere else is the point. Um, even those people, born twins, they, they still have different personalities. Everybody has a different personality. We all know that. Somebody said one time, your personality is like the nose on your face. They're all different. Your personality is unique. So is your testimony. You don't have to do your testimony and present your testimony like everybody else, but you do have to do it. 
We are all called to be a witness, and we know that. Peter said, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, in which time past were not a people, but are now the people of God. This is who we are. We're the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. We're called to show people how he called us out of darkness. And if God has called you out of darkness and has lit you up with the Holy Ghost, you can't hide light. Somebody's going to notice it. And whether you tell it or not, eventually somebody's going to walk up and say, are you a Christian? Are you a Pentecostal? Where do you attend church? Something along that line. And we've all had that happen. Nobody else can reach the people that you're called to reach. This is why we want everybody to be a part of a connect group. Because there's people, we're giving you a platform, an opportunity. We're providing a way that you can invite people who don't know Jesus, maybe quite like you do, to invite them to come be a part of your group and so on. Nobody can reach the people that you can reach, that you're called to reach. It's because you're unique. There's a lot of people that will listen to your testimony that wouldn't listen to mine. Uh, nobody else goes where you go. Nobody else works where you work. Nobody else has the friends that you have. And nobody else can witness like you can. God has given you the unique ability to reach the people in your life. If you don't reach those people, then who will? You're the only one who can reach them. You're unique. Don't just arbitrarily assume, well, they won't come. You may have invited them to church and they didn't come, but a connect group's a whole other thing. Uh, we may have connect groups going to different places of amusement, uh, restaurants and whatnot. Everybody eats. Did y'all believe that, that everybody eats? <laughs> You're about the man that trained his dog not to eat. About the time he got him trained, the dog died. He starved to death, in case y'all didn't catch on to that. Sorry to get so deep here on you. Uh, but God placed you where you are for a purpose. I can't take your place. You can't take my place. It's because we're both unique, and we both have our purpose, and we both have our function. When I look at my own children, same father, same mother, yet so different. Both of them are totally different. Both of them are very unique in their own way. As much as uh, they may look like me or... Sister Murphy or our family or someone else, they also were made in the image of God. This is what we don't understand. We don't get our head around. Our culture don't lend to this, and even most family structure don't lend to this. How often do you tell your kids that what you just did reminded me of Jesus? We do hear all the time, you're just like your daddy. Anybody ever said that to your kids? Don't raise your hand. Probably not that you would anyway, but... Um, I've heard people say that. I've heard mothers say it especially. You are just like your daddy. And it's not a compliment. You can tell by the expression on her face and the tone of her voice. She's not being sweet and saying, oh, honey pie, you are so wonderful. You're just like your daddy. No, it's just like your daddy. Pow! Right? <clears throat> and God bless your kids. It was not their fault either that they're like their daddy. I, I wasn't there they didn't ask for that but I wonder what it would be like in, in all of our homes that if, if, if the people around us does something nice you could say that reminded me of Jesus I wonder what it would do to the environment in our home and so on if we do it enough long enough we are made in the image of God and when we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost we have him on the inside of us so as much as you may want to be like someone else you can never be because God has already made them in their unique way. 
You have your own opportunity. You have your own smile. You even have your own frown. But that is the same, it's the same for all of us. God made us that way, and he understands our differences. Jesus set a precedent in Matthew 25 when he said, And unto one he gave five talents, and another two, and another one. To every man according to his several ability. So don't be jealous of the talents that someone else has. God made them that way. And if you will use what God has given you, he will bless you with more. Remember what our text said. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, the word of God continues therein, and not be a forgetful hearer, but a doer, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. If you start doing what God has created you to do, you will be blessed. So God made each of us unique, and God loves us that way. And I'm glad to say tonight that his love is unconditional. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God's love for you is unconditional. We're the object of his affection. He didn't say, I didn't say that God loves it when you mess up and sin, but his love for you is still unconditional. And I know you've all, we've all heard that before. The important thing tonight is to, to remember is what it really means to understand yourself. Remember where you came from and don't forget who you are when you leave tonight. One reason people backslide is because they forget who they really are. The prodigal son took his inheritance and left his family and home behind. He tried to erase the memory of his past. He became somebody. He tried to become somebody that he was not. I want everybody to notice that. Instead of staying true to who he was, the Bible actually says he joined himself to a citizen of another country. Tried to completely blot out his past, his family, and everything. He forgot who he was. He became another person living a life that he didn't know. He started trying to live a life. He didn't know how to live it. And we all know where he ended up. And when he ended up in the hog pen, the Bible said in Luke 15, when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough in despair, and I perish with hunger. When he came to himself, one day he woke up. I wish that could happen to some people here tonight. You'd wake up, come to yourself, and really see who you are, what you can contribute, what you can give, what you can bring to the kingdom. You have time to do it. You have the ability to do it. It's just that you don't understand that you can. One morning... This boy remembered who he used to be. One morning he remembered where he came from. One morning he remembered who his father was. If we could just know who we are tonight and who our heavenly father is. It dawned on the prodigal that he needed to go back home even if it means that he was going to be a servant. Being a servant in his father's house was better than the life he was living out on his own. In Luke 15, you know the story he arose and came to his father, but when his, he was a, yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion on him and ran, fell on his neck, and kissed him. The son said unto my father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. Does that sound like a servant to you? The dad said, For this my son, this my son. The boy never lost his identity. This my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost, is found, and they began to be merry. You might not think you're worthy to be called a child of God tonight, but if you will give God a chance, he'll bring the best robe, the fatted calf, a grand celebration, because you're one of his, a child of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He loves you more 
than anything. You say, well, pastor, I've had this experience. I've had that experience. I wasn't born into a good family. I have a failed marriage. I have bad kids. I have this. I have that. Everything in my life has fallen apart. That still in the sight of God does not lessen your value in his sight. He loves you more than anything. So I'm going to ask you tonight, are you being reminded of who you are as a child of God? Do you remember when God baptized you with the Holy Ghost? Man, I do. I was 12 years old. Big old altar bench right here. Some of you would remember it. The first church on Victoria Drive, and I was on the other end of it. My cuts was preached out of the book of Revelation in that revival every single night, and I was terrified that the Lord was going to come and I was going to be left. And I remember I could hear his voice approaching me, getting closer and closer. I didn't know if he was coming to pray for me. I just knew he was walking over towards me. And it's like the Holy Ghost was just surrounding this man. I admire him to this day, respect him to this day. But as he got closer, I could feel literally the presence of God coming in him. And he touched my head, and I shot straight up, speaking in tongues. I had sought for the Holy Ghost since I was old enough to know how to pray. I got up here and cried and wore everybody out. But that night, something happened to me, and I have never forgotten it. I peeked one eye open a little bit when I jumped straight up. I don't know why I did, just peeked one eye open. And my brother Tom, who's preached here, I saw him just dancing in a circle. And I later figured out what he was so excited about. <clears throat> he was happy that I'd received the Holy Ghost. But he was also happy that he's going to be able to go to bed at night without having to pray with me first. Because I'd get in bed and start crying that the Lord was going to come. And I'd wake up the whole family crying and they'd come pray with me so everybody could go back to bed. God, take this conviction off of him and so we can go to sleep and we get up in the morning. That's not why they did it. But I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. And I've oftentimes been overwhelmed at God's very passionate enduring love that he has towards me and I hope all of you feel the same way we are worthy to work in God's kingdom we're worthy to be here tonight you've been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ and you're not your own so I'm asking everybody here tonight don't don't say I can't be a part of a connect group I can't be in the kingdom I can't serve the kingdom please don't do that at least try it when the time comes you say well I don't have time well you can make a little time we had to clarify something Sunday night that I thought was humorous. <laughs> Most of our Connect Group leaders, they were more in one mind and one accord than we ever dreamed possible. Because every Connect Group leader wanted to have a, a big eat thing at their house and have people over to play games. It was amazing. And uh, so there, somebody said, well, how can we do so many of those? So there's a lot of ways we can do it. Make it for different age groups, married, not married, single, divorced. Whatever you want to do, there's the, the possibilities, the variables are there. Uh, let's do it. So when you go over here to look at a connect group, more than likely it's going to be go to somebody's house once in a while and eat and play a game. Who can't do that for crying out loud? I mean, my word, that sounds like nothing but fun to me. But you're worthy to be there. You're worthy. Don't say I don't fit and all that kind of stuff. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And I'm very confident that our connect group leaders are going to make sure that you feel like you're connected and that you're a part of it. Let's be who we are tonight. Let's work and function in the purpose of God. Let's work and purpose. Fulfill God's purpose in our life and his kingdom and so on. I'm very happy tonight that uh, Brother Dave is going through another cycle of, of grace steps. And uh, we have several people. Uh, I don't know, maybe six or eight people 
that are going through Grace Steps right now to become members of Grace Church. I'm so excited about that. Man, I'm excited about that. So as people, even while this is going on in here tonight, uh, there's people excited about becoming a part of Grace Church, and I'm so excited about that. So let's work it, folks. Let's give it all we got. What do you say? I have a missionary that's coming Wednesday night. The next Wednesday night, I'm back in the pulpit. Uh, we're going to talk about relationships a little bit more, uh, Lord willing. And we're going to take this another step further. Thank the Lord. Um, I don't know what to do. I finished a little sooner than I expected. Uh, maybe it's the meal after church. I don't know. Um, I know if I knew the people we were going with were paying, it might have been five minutes even shorter than this. I don't know. But I do enjoy finishing a little early sometimes on Wednesday night, mainly to show Brother Dave that when he does gray steps that uh, we're done in here. Why are you being so long-winded in there? Uh, so it's kind of a really cool feeling all the way around. I love Grace Church. I'm excited about what God is doing in our church. I hope you are. I believe you are. We can feel the excitement in the air. You can see it in your expression and the words you say and so on. And I believe we have some great times ahead of us here at Grace Church. Thank the Lord. Does anybody else believe that here tonight? I do. Thank the Lord. God bless you tonight in Jesus' name. We'll see you Sunday. And uh, come expecting, come expecting, come expecting who knows what in the kingdom of God. Thank the Lord. God bless you tonight. You're dismissed in the beautiful name of Jesus.